Second Kings, Segunda de Reyes. We're going to look at verse uh, chapter six. Just hold on to that for a moment. Deténgalo ahí un momento. Look at chapter 7, 2 Kings 7, verse 1 and 2. Segunda Reyes 7, 1 y 2. We have been talking about the camel train of God's provision. Hemos estado hablando de la provisión de Dios. And last week we discussed a topic that is very important for us to know. La semana pasada hablamos de un, de un tema que es muy importante que reconozcamos. We talked about mindsets that block abundance in our lives. Hablamos de mentalidades, formas de pensar que uh, detienen la prosperidad de Dios, la provisión de Dios en nuestra vida. And we dealt with the, the mammon spirit. Hablamos del espíritu de mamón, que es el espíritu que uh, desea más porque piensa que el tener más es el tener gozo. If y'all could take the effects down on this mic, please. I sound like Billy Graham and we might have a crusade tonight. I like to sound like myself. Thank you. Thank you. We talk about the mammon spirit. The mammon spirit tells you that money is the answer to everything. El espíritu de mamón te dice que el dinero es la respuesta a todo. And we discovered last week that money is not the answer, it's God that's the answer. Vimos que el dinero no es la respuesta a todo, es Dios el que es la respuesta a todo. We, then we talked about the poverty spirit. Luego hablamos del espíritu de pobreza, and we're going to talk about that some more tonight. And the poverty spirit, uh, which seems to run rampant in many places. Este espíritu de pobreza, una mentalidad. I'm not going to tell you that there's a demon named poverty hanging around, but it's a mindset. La pobreza no, no necesariamente es un espíritu, un demonio que está ahí buscando cómo atormentarte, sino que es una mentalidad. And the mindset of poverty is that I will never have enough. La mentalidad de la pobreza dice, yo nunca voy a tener. Jamás voy a Tener éxito. I'll never succeed. I'll never get above this. I'm always going to be down here at this level. And tonight I want us to look at a story out of the Old Testament. The city has been surrounded by the Assyrian army. And these are desperate times for the nation of Israel and Samaria. La ciudad, uh, la región ha sido invadida por los asirios y es una, un momento desesperante para la nación de Israel. Y en, en Samaria hay una gran escasez. There is great poverty in Samaria. The Bible uh, tells us that in Samaria during this time when this foreign king came and surrounded them, and they refused to surrender. He cut off their supply lines so they had no food. And before long, cannibalism became a practice within the city. That's when you know that things are bad. When a baby died, the mothers would literally eat their children. Estaba tan serio el asunto que cuando se fue rodeado esta ciudad, el rey... Uh, cortó todas las líneas de provisión y en la ciudad era tanta la pobreza, la escasez, que las madres cuando moría un hijo se lo tenían que comer para sobrevivir. And this is the very picture of poverty. Ese es la, el retrato de la pobreza, the, the feeling that this is a hopeless situation. El sentir que esta situación no tiene esperanza. And it doesn't just refer to finances, but poverty exists in your emotions sometimes. 
La pobreza puede existir en tus emociones. No one will ever love me. No one will ever care for me. No one will ever treat me right. No one will ever uh, do these things. As, and, and many times people lower their standard because they have a spirit of poverty in their emotions. And they'll let anybody treat them any kind of way because in their spirit they don't feel that they deserve or have a, a worth above that. Personas que tienen un espíritu de pobreza en sus emociones, a veces por ese, esa mentalidad uh, uh, permiten que otras personas abusen de ellos o, o que hablen como quieran a ellos o los traten de cualquier manera porque ellos sienten que no tienen el, el valor para demandar algo mejor. When you study the problem that's going on in the, in the, in the nation today, cuando estudiamos el, el problema que hay en la nación hoy, there is a, um, a great growing part of our population where people are living together outside of marriage. And studies tell us the reason for that is because, sorry ladies, but the reason for that is that the women have set their standards low. Don't throw any hymnals at me. I'm just, just telling you what I have heard, what I have read. El, 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 la enfermedad que hay en nuestra nación de personas viviendo juntas sin casarse, uh, las estadísticas nos dicen que eso ocurre porque las, las mujeres, las que tienen el, el decidir en eso, han puesto su estandarte tan bajo And, and isn't it true that if your standard is that high, any old guy will step over? Si tú te valoras tan bajo, cualquier hombre lo va a cruzar. So we need to be teaching our young ladies around here to set the standard high. Tenemos que enseñarles a nuestras jovencitas que pongan su valor acá. You know, the, the, uh, the fact is that, you know, girls, you need to know this. If you set a standard this high and a man looks at it, he's going to figure out a way. Is that right, men? Si una señorita pone su estandarte acá, aquel novio va a decir... Yo voy a llegar allá. Yo voy a hallar forma de ser lo que ella quiere que yo sea. I haven't even started preaching yet, but I feel like I feel like I scratched an itch. And you know what we do sometimes? We say, Lord, just lower your standard for me. And God's not about to. Because what he has to give us is so good. And if it's true with God, it's true in relationships, isn't it? So set, set your standard high. Because you, you're worth it. And if you're not worth it to that guy, then you don't need that guy. That was, that was a gold nugget. I will be receiving offerings after church. Okay, just for that. All right. I hope I didn't cause any trouble at home. But <laughs> but because standards are lowered, why are standards lowered? Because there's a spirit of poverty that says I don't deserve more than that. El espíritu de pobreza te dice, tú no mereces estar acá, acá. Entonces te mantiene en ese lugar. I explained to you last week that the spirit of poverty is Uh, brings anxiety and fear. The spirit of poverty manifests itself through hoarding on one extreme or overspending on another. Hablamos la semana pasada que el espíritu de pobreza produce ansiedad y temor. También produce en algunas personas el deseo de guardar todo, no tiran nada. O el otro extremo es de gastar en muchas cosas que no 
Spirit of poverty says that things just happen to me. El espíritu de pobreza dice las cosas me, me suceden a mí por sucederme. The spirit of poverty is a spirit that wants instant gratification. El espíritu de pobreza es algo que quiere uh, gratificación instantánea. Se, se uh, invierte en cosas impulsivas. It invests in impulse buying. The spirit of, 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 of poverty says I feel that trouble is chasing me. El espíritu de pobreza siente que los problemas lo están siguiendo. This is not an altar call yet. I'm just pointing out some things. It's the poverty spirit feels overlooked and ignored. El espíritu de pobreza siempre se siente como que me ignoraron, no me vieron, no me saludaron, no les caí bien. If you, if you walk into a room, let's say you walk in here tonight and you're thinking, I wonder what everybody thinks about me. You might have a poverty spirit. Si usted entró hoy y lo que pensó en su mente fue, ¿qué dirán los demás de mí? Esa es una parte del espíritu de pobreza. That's just wondering, I feel overlooked, I feel ignored, I feel judged. It's like the lady that went to a football game and when the team got in a huddle, she said, look, they're talking about me. I guess no one had the heart to tell her. That's just how the game is played. The poverty spirit chokes out generosity. It's not a, able to give. It's constantly retaining. El espíritu de pobreza ahoga la generosidad. And the worst condition of all is that the spirit of poverty keeps you in poverty. El espíritu de, de pobreza te guarda en la pobreza. And here's the trouble. It's like a lobster tank. They say that when a lobster tries to climb out of a tank, that the other lobsters reach up and pull him down. How do you say lobster in Spanish? Langosta. Dicen que si tienen un tanque de langostas y una langosta se quiere salir, las otras... Los tiran hacia abajo. There are, there are entire cultures. I think the Hispanic culture has a lobster spirit. Hay in, culturas enteras que tienen el espíritu de langosta. Que si alguien va saliendo, lo abajan. If somebody's breaking out, they pull them down. Now, I don't want you to be lobsters, all right? I want you to be better than that. Yo no quiero tener una iglesia de langostas. Que alguien va saliendo y lo bajamos. ¿Qué crees que eres? Who do you think you are? Instead, we should say, hey, somebody's about to get out of the tank. Let's help them out. Let's push them over. Because if he got out, I'll get out next. You see the change in thinking? En vez de estirar el que va saliendo para abajo, debemos de empujarlo, ayudarle. They're about to pay off their house. Let's, let's encourage them. They're about to get out of debt. Let's encourage them. They're about to go to college. Let's encourage them. They're about to, they're about to start off a new venture. Let's encourage them. We are a people that have a desire burning within us for increase, aren't we? God's kingdom is an increasing kingdom. El reino de Dios es un reino de crecimiento. Entonces debemos, cuando vemos a alguien más crecer, debemos empujarlo. Que crezca. On the other side, there's the prosperous spirit. But the Bible calls a prosperous soul. Del otro lado hay un espíritu prosperoso que dice la palabra, uh, dice el, el apóstol Juan, deseo, mis amados, que en todas cosas prosperen así como su alma prospera. 
John said, I wish above all things, brother, I desire above all things, brethren, that you would prosper. Say prosper. And be in good health even as your soul prospers. Guess what? If you have a relationship with Jesus, you have a prosperous soul. Si usted tiene una relación con Jesús, usted tiene un espíritu prosperado. So this is what the prosperous soul looks like. Instead of anxiety and fear, the prosperous soul is anxious for nothing. I, I think I could get a better amen than that. Anxious for nothing. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing but with prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all knowledge will guard your heart and your mind by Christ Jesus our Lord. Dice la palabra que no tenemos que tener ansiedad de nada sino a través de la oración hacer nuestra súplica y petición notoria hacia Jehová y la paz de Dios que sobrepasa todo entendimiento guardará nuestro corazón. That's a good word. Esa es una buena palabra. Sister Minnie isn't here. She would encourage me right now because you guys are not encouraging me. Do you have a prosperous soul or not? All right. So be anxious. For nothing. Ansiosos para nada. The prosperous soul uses instead of hoarding. Un alma prosperada usa en vez de guardar las cosas sin tirarlas. A prosperous soul, instead of saying things just happened to me, a prosperous soul says, I am here to be a blessing to somebody. El alma prosperada, en vez de decir, las cosas no más me pasan a mí. El alma prosperada dice, yo estoy aquí para ser de bendición para alguien. Say that with me. I'm here to be a blessing. Some people bring a blessing when they come in, and some people bring a blessing when they leave, right? I want you to be the kind of people that bring a blessing when you walk in. A prosperous soul, instead of saying, I have to have it right now, a prosperous soul says, I have goals and dreams, and they're bigger than instant gratification. Un alma prosperada, en vez de decir, tengo que tenerlo ya, el alma prosperada dice, yo tengo sueños y metas, y yo puedo esperarme a tener el uso de aquello que yo quiero, y voy a usar mis recursos responsablemente. A prosperous soul has a revelation of abundance. It doesn't feel chased by trouble. Instead, it can say, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. El alma prosperada puede decir, mi Dios suplirá todas mis necesidades conforme sus riquezas en gloria. So, it's so quiet in the lobster tank tonight. Well, oh, maybe I'm sorry, maybe you can't say that, but I can say it. My God, because he's my God. I know him personally. My God shall, in no uncertain terms, shall supply all, not some, not most, not many, but all of my needs according to his riches and glory because my God's not poor, he's not broke, he's not discouraged, he's not busted, he's not down, he's not out. My God is above, not beneath, he is over, not under, he is prosperous, he is altogether good and merciful and my God is able to do that. Do you know the guy I'm talking about? All right. I'm just this is I'm just trying to get to where I'm going, okay? The pro, the poverty spirit says I look I feel ignored and overlooked. The prosperous soul says I'm secure in who I am in Christ. El alma prosperada dice, yo estoy seguro en lo que yo soy en Cristo. 
no se siente ignorado o olvidado si no se siente con esa seguridad y yo estoy seguro en Cristo I'm secure in Christ so you didn't shake my hand I'll go around the corner and shake yours because I have a prosperous soul there's more where that came from the prosperous says Soul says, I know that I have the righteousness of God in Christ. El alma prosperada puede decir, yo tengo la justicia de Cristo. Yo tengo la, la santidad de Dios. Yo tengo la paz de Dios. I have the peace of God. I have the joy of the Lord. I have the strength of God in my life. I know him. I walk with him. I talk with him. I'm secure in him. A prosperous soul loves generosity. Just loves to give. Somebody said, I've been giving and giving and never received. Alguien dijo, he estado dando y dando y nunca recibiendo. And you think, that's interesting. How do you give and give? If you haven't received anything. If you're able to give and keep on giving, it's because you must be receiving something. Alguien dice, yo di y di, no recibí nada. Y yo me pregunto, ¿cómo fue que diste y diste y diste y diste y nunca recibiste para dar? Si diste es porque recibiste. So let's even change our vocabulary. Well, tenemos que cambiar nuestro vocabulario. Now, this is the best one. Because the, the poverty spirit keeps you in poverty but the prosperous soul seeks to grow el alma prosperada desea crecer the prosperous soul longs to be maturing to grow in Christ el alma prosperada desea la prosperidad so here here's what I want us to look at tonight I want us to see how The city of Samaria attacked poverty. Vamos a ver cómo la ciudad de Samaria atacó la pobreza. Because if this is a spirit, then we need to attack it. Si este es un espíritu, una mentalidad, tenemos que atacarlo. So, I want you to put your war face on tonight. Because we're going to attack poverty. Vamos a atacar la pobreza. Can, can we do that tonight? Do you want to know? Okay. I just want to know if you want to know. Because if you don't want to know, I already know. But if you want to know, then I want you to pull out some paper and a pen and get ready. Or if you have very sharp memory... And great. Second Kings 7, verse 1. And Elisha said, Now remember, the city is in poverty. Mothers are eating their children, right? Elisha said, Listen to the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, a measure of fine flour will be sold for a shekel. And two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. And a royal officer on whose hand the king was leaning answered and, and the man to answer the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, could this thing be? Then he said, Behold, you will see it with your eyes, but you will not eat of it. Well, let's pause right there. There is a desperate city, desperate for food, desperate for provision. Hay una ciudad desesperada por alimento, desesperada por provisión, por liberación. And the prophet of God stands up and he attacks poverty. El profeta de Dios se levanta y ataca la pobreza. How do you do it? I'm going to give you a moment to think about it. How did he do it? What? Good church. 
He said, listen to the word of the Lord. Él atacó la pobreza con la palabra de Dios. Él comenzó a hablar de acuerdo a la palabra de Dios. He began to speak according to the word of God. In order to attack poverty, whether spiritual, physical, or emotional, or financial in your life, you must agree with God with your speech. Para atacar la pobreza emocional, espiritual, física, o financiera en tu vida, tienes que ponerte de acuerdo con Dios, con tu boca. A lot of times we... Say one thing and do another. We've heard that, right? But in order to attack poverty in your emotions, in your spirit, you say, Pastor, what's a pov- what, what does a poverished, an impoverished spirit look like? An impoverished spirit is a spirit without Christ. A man or woman who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior has an impoverished spirit. Why? Because when they die, they're going to go to hell, separated from God. Doesn't get any poorer than that. Un espíritu empobrecido es un espíritu sin Cristo, y el que muere sin Cristo va al infierno, y no hay peor pobreza que esa. But you know God sent his son so that you wouldn't have to go to hell? Dios envió a su hijo para que no fuéramos al infierno. I'm not going to spend a minute in hell. Because Jesus is the Lord of my life. And if Jesus is the Lord of your life, then you don't have to spend one minute in hell. I, I wish I was talking to some believers tonight. I said, if Jesus was the Lord of your life, you won't spend one single minute in hell. Si Cristo es Señor de tu vida, no vas a pasar ni un solo minuto en el infierno. Eso debe de traer gozo a nuestra vida. So in order to attack poverty, you must agree with God. If you have a, if you have a, a, a spirit that is poor, meaning you don't have Christ, then you agree with God. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that you will be saved. Dice la palabra del Señor que si confesares con tu boca que Cristo es Señor y creeres en tu corazón que Dios lo levantó de entre los muertos, seréis salvo. The day that you open your mouth and agree with God and say, God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the one and only Savior of my soul. That day, by speaking that, you have gone from having a poor spirit to having a prosperous spirit. That's good news. El momento que usted habla y dice, Señor, yo confieso que tú eres el único Salvador de mi vida. Ese día, su alma es prosperada del equipo de pobreza espiritual al equipo de Prosperidad espiritual. Do you have a prosperous soul? Amen. Say amen. amen. <coughs> right. So he begins to speak the word of God. The things you say affect your life. Las cosas que tú dices afectan tu vida. If you say that you're not worth anything, that you're stupid, that you're dumb, that you're, you're always going to be a failure. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to be those things. You will walk in the direction of your mouth. Kind of funny, isn't it? Siempre vamos a caminar en la dirección de nuestra boca. Si tu boca dice, yo voy a ser un fracaso, nunca voy a tener, siempre voy a estar en esa condición, nadie me va a amar, no tengo derecho de que nadie me ame, entonces tu boca te va a llevar a eso. Because your mouth is leading your life. Tu boca está guiando tu vida. The Bible calls the tongue a rudder. 
La Biblia dice que la lengua es como el timón de un barco. What does a rudder do? It, it, it decides direction. El timón decide la dirección. So if your mouth is the rudder, then what you say is deciding the direction of your life. Si tu lengua, si nuestra boca es el timón, entonces nuestra boca está decidiendo la dirección de nuestra vida. When I was in college, I was in a uh, uh, outdoor recreation class and we, we were learning how to canoe. Estaba en la universidad, estamos aprendiendo cómo uh, manejar una canoa. That had a, a partner and he was the rudder. He was, he was uh, rowing and the guy in the back, by the way he rows, determines what? The direction. And the guy up front, that was me determines the speed. El que va enfrente en la canoa está determinando la velocidad, pero el que va atrás determina la dirección. Es el timón. Well, my, my uh, partner, he was an Asian fellow, his name was John Wang. Not John Wayne, John Wang. And John wouldn't do his homework. He wouldn't learn his strokes. So we'd be going real fast in a circle. Because <laughs> I was good at my strokes. And we could get there fast, but we weren't going anywhere because we were going in a circle. Y el que era mi, mi uh, colega en eso, él no aprendía los movimientos que él tenía que moverse. Entonces yo iba a frente y a una alta velocidad, pero en un circo. And I would say, John, change the stroke. We'd go the other way. <laughs> Your mouth needs to learn strokes that move forward. Tu boca tiene que aprender los movimientos que van hacia adelante. To agree with God. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The peace of God is my inheritance. La paz de Dios es mi herencia. El gozo del Señor es mi fortaleza. Mi Dios suplirá todas mis necesidades. Cualquier arma forjada en contra de mí será Uh, destruida. Every weapon formed against me shall, uh, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me, God will condemn. When the enemy raises up against me like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against me. I will not fear any evil, for the Lord my God is with me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear and of whom shall I be afraid? And when I come against trouble and, and, Things in my life that contradict what God has said, I start agreeing with God. Elisha begins to agree with God. El profeta comienza a ponerse de acuerdo con Dios. That's why I'm telling you every week to memorize the scripture. Get it in your heart. Por eso es importante memorizar la escritura, ponerla, esconderla en nuestro corazón. So the prophet said, by this time tomorrow, bread is going to be cheap. Dijo el profeta, para esta hora, mañana el pan va a estar baratísimo. He was saying, by this time tomorrow, there's going to be provision. Para esta hora, mañana va a haber provisión. And somebody around there said, Even if God were to open the windows of heaven. In fact, he said, even if God were to make windows in heaven, this could not possibly happen. Lobster spirit. <laughs> Dijo alguno por ahí, aunque hubieran ventanas en los cielos, esto no es posible. Y ahí está la langosta. 
Can I tell you to watch out with who hangs out with you? Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, be careful what you listen to. For with the measure that you meet, it shall be meted back unto you. Jesús dijo, ten cuidado lo que escuches, porque con la medida que midas se, se, se te será medido. You see, poverty is like a radio. It's broadcasting into your life. Lack. It's going to rain all day today. In fact, the sun's not even going to come out. Layoffs. People are losing their jobs. And you're next. And poverty broadcasting will eventually... Just like it is in life. Somebody says, what's the weather going to be like today? If you were listening, you're going to say it's going to rain. Or it's supposed to snow. Or it's supposed to be hot. Big surprise, right? But when you, when you listen to the voice of fear and the voice of anxiety and the voice of worry and the voice of doubt and the voice of unbelief, eventually your mouth, all it's going to be able to talk about is those things. So you got to change the radio station in your spirit. And what do you want to hear? The voice of God. Get in the word. Read the word. Let it wash over your soul. And as it does, it's going to bring faith. La pobreza es como una radio que está uh, poniendo ideas en nuestra mente. Tenemos que cambiar el canal el cual escuchamos y escuchar la palabra de Dios. Now, you're either going to listen to Elisha or you're going to listen to this unbeliever. O usted le va a creer a Eliseo o a Elías o le va a creer a este incrédulo. That's the first step is to attack poverty with your mouth. By agreeing with God. The second step we see in the in the next verses. Próximo paso lo vemos en los en los textos que que siguen. The Bible says there were four lepers sitting outside of the gate of the city. Había cuatro leprosos sentados a la a a la puerta de la ciudad. So what's the first step? Say say something. That agrees with God. What's the second step? Four lepers sitting outside the gate. And these guys were thinking. If we go in the city. We're going to die of hunger. If we stay here. We're going to die of hunger. But. If we attack. The largest field army on the face of the earth that's camped just a few miles from this gate. They might kill us, in which case we're no better off than we were, and we will at least get a medal for bravery. Or they might take us prisoner. And if they take us prisoner, they have to feed us. Estos cuatro leprosos comienzan a pensar, aquí estamos sentados en la ciudad. Si entramos, morimos. Si nos quedamos aquí, morimos. Y si vamos y atacamos el, el, el ejército sirio, pueda que moramos. Y en ese caso vamos a ser héroes de guerra. Y si no nos matan, nos van a tomar de prisionero y a un prisionero se le tiene que dar comida. En, en, en ese caso, vamos a comer. Se me hace que eran latinos. These guys had to be Hispanic, don't you think? If they had it figured out. What's the first step to attack poverty? Say something. That agrees with God. Second step. 
is do something that agrees with God. El siguiente paso es haz algo de acuerdo con Dios. El primer paso es di algo de acuerdo con Dios. El siguiente paso haz algo de acuerdo con Dios. You're going to have to do something. Tonight you had a choice. Stay home or go to church. You did something. Tomorrow you're going to have another choice. Stay home or go to work. Do something. And when, when poverty, that mindset, comes into your mind, and you start thinking, because this is the way poverty thinks. It's going to rain today, so I'm not going to sow any seed. It's going to be bad weather for sowing. It's going to be hot today, so I'm not going to go out and try anything. That's the mindset that's going to keep you where you're at. So if the mindset of poverty says, no one will ever love me, you have to do something, don't you? You have to go out and dress in a certain way, not in a certain way, but in a way that will attract the right kind of person, right? You got to go apply for the right jobs. You say, I want a job. God, give me a job. And I ask as a pastor, so where have you applied? Haven't applied yet, pastor. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. I'm sure that job will come the moment you apply for one. You want to get out of debt? You're going to have to do something. Change the way you spend your money. Start living with a responsible budget. If you want to send your kids to college, you're going to have to do something. You have to start planning ahead. Because one day they're going to walk into your, your uh, kitchen and say, I'm ready to go to college, and you may not be ready for it. We have to do something in agreement with God. Tenemos que hacer algo de acuerdo con Dios, ponernos de acuerdo con Dios en nuestra obra. Si, si quieres un trabajo, tienes que aplicar por un trabajo. Haz algo. If you want a promotion, you have to be a better employee than the one you're being right now. Si quieres una promoción en el trabajo, tienes que ser mejor que lo que estás haciendo ahorita. Tienes que hacer algo que te pone de acuerdo con Dios. Something that positions you. Remember Rebecca? The way that she got the provision was because she stood by the well and she told Eliezer, I'll water your camels. She did something. Rebecca se puso de acuerdo con Dios cuando ella dijo a Eliezer, yo le voy a dar de agua a tus camellos. Amaneció una, una señorita Pobre, y ese día cuando se acostó era la mujer más rica en la región. Porque hizo algo para ponerse de acuerdo con Dios. This is what the Bible says. When the four lepers decided to go and attack the poverty that was in their life, they got up and they got up at twilight. Ellos se levantaron al, al, uh, al rayar el, el alba. Y dice la palabra del Señor que al rayar el alba se levantó Jehová contra los asirios. Scripture says that at the twilight they got up. And also scripture says that at twilight the Lord got up and went against the Assyrians. Think about that. God's waiting on you. You already know what to do. Please him. He's waiting on you. Dios te está esperando a ti. Que te pongas de acuerdo con él en tus obras. So if you're not tithing and he's telling you to tithe, do something. If you're not giving, he's telling you to give, do something. 
If you want love in your life, start sowing seeds of love. You want compassion? Start sowing compassion. You want mercy? Start sowing mercy. You want wisdom? Start sowing wisdom. Those things that you put in are going to come back into your life. Aquellas cosas que usted está sembrando van a ser cosechadas en tu vida. Tenemos que hacer algo. Si queremos compasión, tenemos que sembrar eso. Si queremos misericordia, sembrar eso. Sabiduría, sembrar eso. Tenemos que hacer algo. Poniéndonos de acuerdo con Dios, Dios se levanta a nuestro lado. He told us as a church earlier this year, I will bless what you do. Not what you plan to do, but what you do. El Señor nos dijo a la iglesia este, este año, yo bendeciré lo que hagan. No lo que piensen hacer, pero lo que hagan. There are many God ideas in the grave today because they never were done. El sepulcro está lleno de ideas divinas donde personas nunca tomaron acción para hacer algo. A ponerse de acuerdo con Dios. Is this too hard for us tonight? I want you to realize that your life and my life is the direct result of the choices we've made. Nuestras vidas son el resultado de las decisiones que hemos hecho. That's a hard reality sometimes. But in 10 years, you're going to be reaping what you are sowing now. En 10 años vas a estar en la vida que estás creando ahorita. Your choices are going to produce fruit in your life. Las decisiones que tú haces están produciendo fruto en tu vida. If they're good choices, they're going to produce good fruit. If they're bad choices, they're going to produce bad fruit. But you will reap the life that you have sown. So the kind of choices we make with our mouth and the kind of choices we make with our actions are going to either attack lack or perpetrate it in our life. O, las, o, o vamos a atacar la pobreza con nuestra boca y nuestras acciones o vamos a seguir en ella por nuestra boca y nuestras acciones. We have a bad theology in the church where we think, I'm just going to sit here and wait on God. You know when you wait is after you've sown. Because once you sow, you have to wait on the seed to grow. But some of you are waiting and you haven't sown. I wonder why nothing grows here. I bought a farm. It's harvest time. Where's the harvest? You have to sow. All right, one more place for you. 2 Corinthians 8.2. Segunda de Corintios 8.2. I'm sorry, my uh, candy cane, my candy, cotton candy machine stopped working today, so I'm just going to have to give you some meat and potatoes tonight. Yeah, I can tell some of you aren't liking it, but I ran out of sugar. Protein, all right. That means muscles coming. Say what you will about your pastor, but you must always say that he told you the truth. Amen. Amen. You're so serious tonight. But I don't feel ignored or overlooked because I have a prosperous soul. In fact, I like making you uncomfortable because I know you're listening. 2 Corinthians 8, 2 Corinthians 8. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given to the churches of Macedonia. That in a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. 
Dice el apóstol Pablo, hermanos, deseo que conozcan la gracia de Dios que ha sido dada a las iglesias de Macedonia, que en su gran aflicción, su abundancia de gozo, su gran pobreza está rebosando en la riqueza de generosidad. Now, this sentence seems to be contradictory. Because Paul says that the Macedonian churches were had, had deep poverty. Dice Pablo que las iglesias en Macedonia tenían gran pobreza. But at the same time, they had great poverty, great affliction. And this was because there was an economic recession in Macedonia at the time. Había una recesión económica en Macedonia, pero las iglesias en Macedonia, aunque estaban pasando por gran aflicción y pobreza, dice la escritura, que estaban rebosando en generosidad. These churches, although they were going through hard times, were overflowing in a generosity. For I testify that according to their ability, beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord. Dice Pablo, yo testifico que de su habilidad y aún más que su habilidad, ellos dieron de su propia voluntad. Begging us with much urging for the favor of participating in the support of the saints. The Macedonians, although they were going through a financial setback, were begging for the opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God. That sounds like a prosperous soul. Las iglesias en Macedonia, aunque estaban sufriendo, estaban pidiendo, dice Pablo, pidiendo la oportunidad de invertir en el reino de Dios. And this not... Not as we had expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus that he had previously made a beginning so that he would also complete in you the gracious work as well. But just as you abound in everything, in faith and in utterance and knowledge and in all eagerness and in the love which inspired you see that you abound in gracious work also so Paul says to the Corinthians you're better off than the Macedonians so you ought to be more generous abounding in, in generosity are we a blessed church yes. so we ought to be a more generous church si somos una iglesia bendecida, debemos ser una iglesia que da aún más. Verse 9, For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. I give my opinion in this matter, for this is to your advantage, who were the first to begin a year ago, not only to do this, but also to desire to do it. But now finish doing it also. So that just as there was the readiness to desire it, so there may also be completion of it by your ability. Paul says, a year ago, I asked you to prepare to give, and you were excited about it. Now, I want you to finish what you started. Has this series encouraged you to be generous? Yeah. All right. Now, in a year from now, you should still be generous. Right? It should be completed in you. Not just the desire. Dice Pablo, hace un año les dije que íbamos a recoger una ofrenda y hubo un deseo grande. Pero ahora, que no sea solo el deseo, pero el cumplimiento del deseo. Dice a mi papá, tienen buen arranque. My dad had a saying about people that would start real fast, but they would fizz out. You met those people? You're not those people, right? Dice a mí, tienen buen arranque. Tienen 
arrancan así corriendo pero no duran no completan la obra so it's not just about getting started it's about living a lifetime in this verse 13 for this is not for the ease of others and for your afflictions but by the way of equality at this present time your abundance being supplied for their need so that their abundance also may become supply for your need that there may be equity as it is written he who gathered much did not have much and he who gathered little had no lack here's what I want you to notice The Macedonians had a circumstantial problem. Their circumstances were difficult. And this is what Peter Paul is saying. Right now their circumstances are difficult, ours are good. Someday ours are going to be difficult, theirs are going to be good. So we must invest in their difficult day so that when we have our difficult day, it'll be invested into us. Dice Pablo, ahora ellos están pasando una dificultad y nosotros bendición. Entonces tenemos que bendecirlos a ellos porque llegará el día cuando nosotros pasaremos dificultad y ellos nos bendecirán a nosotros. So the issue was not the circumstances. What Macedonia had was an attitude of generosity. La iglesia en Macedonia tenía una actitud de generosidad. We can go ahead and bring the students back. Ultimately, it's our attitude that's the problem. How we think about God, how we think about our circumstances, that's what's going to determine whether we get out whether we grow, whether we advance, or whether we stay where we are. And I'm here to tell you that many of you, your basic problem is that you're listening to the wrong voice. It's time to hear the voice of God. It's time to listen again to the Father's voice. El problema básico de muchos es que están escuchando una voz equivocada. Y es necesario escuchar la voz de Dios. Because God's voice tells you you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God's voice tells you you are loved. God's voice tells you this doesn't have to be your permanent situation, your permanent condition. You might be in a state right now that is is about like hell, but I want to tell you that God's will is for you to make that a temporary place. He wants you to live in his blessing. And God has called this church to raise people out of the poverty of the spirit out of the poverty of their emotions and out of the poverty of their finances. But the change comes when you decide in your mind to agree with God and to believe God. El cambio viene a tu vida cuando tú decides ponerte de acuerdo con Dios. En tus pensamientos, tu manera de hablar, tu manera de actuar. Here's the end of the story. Those lepers came into the camp. Los leprosos entraron al campamento sirio. And because the Lord rose up with them, he caused the entire Syrian army to get confused, think they were under attack, and they ran away. And when the lepers came into the camp, there were tables full of food. Cuando los leprosos llegaron al campamento porque Jehová se levantó con ellos y confundió al, al ejército asirio, estaban las mesas tendidas de comida. 
they started making sandwiches. They started pulling a drumstick off a turkey. They started cutting into a ribeye. Are you listening? Last night, they were hungry for their life. Tonight, they are feasting on the camel train of God's provision because they got in agreement with God. Ellos ahora están cenando anoche muriendo de hambre. Ahora cenando las riquezas porque se pusieron de acuerdo.